welcome back to the Beerly Hockey Podcast, Buckheads, presented by Beerly Sports. I'm your host, Phil Razor, and I am once again joined by Aaron the Crusher Kenny and Nate the Manly Man McBride. Aaron, we'll start with you tonight, my guy. How are we doing on this beautiful Wednesday? What are we drinking? How's everything going? Hell of a lot better than I was last week. Let me tell you that, dude. I have kicked the dog shit out of this upper respiratory infection. Uh, it's going to use, you know, medical terms there, I suppose. It's something, right? Uh, crushing a high noon right now. Still coming down from just the ridiculous slate of games that we had last night that I thought were all going to be great and end up just being blowouts. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, how about you? How are you guys doing on this fine evening? I'm doing good. Um, just living life, man. I, uh, you know, we had some nice warm days here in Columbus. Then all of a sudden today we get hit and it feels like it's Chicago all of a sudden with like 50 mile per hour winds and 30 degree temperatures. I'm like, what the hell? Dude, did you I, get I mean, woken I'm... up by that tornado warning at like 5 a.m.? Yeah, yeah. 5.15 a.m. got woken up by a tornado siren. Um, had the had the window open, too, because it was hot as hell in here last night. So slept with the window open, got the tornado siren first, then the phone alarm. Don't even get me started on that shit. Don't yeah. even fucking get me started. Dude. That was an awful, awful way to start the day. But, you know, we made the most out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm here. I'm here. It's about 8 p.m. now. We're still rocking. We're still rolling. Um, about what is it? What would that be? Like 13 hours later, 14 hours later, we're kicking it. Let's do it. I don't. I don't have the math in me for that right now. But Phil, uh, I, you, yeah, you got to understand either. the roller coaster we were on today. Last night, spectacular weather. Felt like almost summer. 65. Wake up this morning. I'm, I, I drove home. I drove home from work yesterday with the windows down. Yeah. That's all you got to know. Yep. So lovely weather. I I woke up sh- like right. A little bit before five this morning i'm in route to the gym I'm like man 65 degree weather this morning this is spectacular tornado sirens start going off halfway through the day we're at 28 degrees i think it was i'm like what is going on here like this is this is the worst letdown you could possibly have but absolutely yeah absolutely like 8 8 30 a.m 8 30 a.m it was 57 degrees here and by 2 p.m. It was 30. It was 37 degrees. Yeah. It had dropped 20 degrees. It was awful. Anyway, in honor of this beautiful city tonight, I'm rocking the six again. The 614 Lager. Nice, Columbus. nice. Columbus in the state of Ohio. God, do you keep us on the keep us on our toes and keep us young. I will just say 65 degrees in February anytime, no matter how cold it gets afterwards. It's unreal. I'll take that, yeah. How about you, Phil? It'll, Tell be, us... back up, it'll be back up there by Sunday. Hell yeah. Cannot wait. How's how's it going down there, Phil? You tell us about the North Carolina life right now. Suckers. First of all, suckers. Uh, I don't think this city has a tornado siren. Um, we. Uh, it was yeah, sorry, just a hurricane there. siren. The, the way worse alternative to the tornado. No. We get, when it hurricanes and it hits the coast, whether it's coming from the Gulf or coming off the Atlantic, we'll get like a day of rain. It'll drop 20 degrees for the entire day, but it lasts about one day. Bro, your state's hockey team is called the Hurricanes. I refuse to believe there's never been a hurricane hit there. I am am three hours in from the coast. So... Not, I'm three hours from I'm three hours from any beach, so I'm, I just get 
I'm not gonna wish this on you, but now that you say that, you're jinxing yourself. You're gonna get crushed by one this year. Dude, they don't they don't make it this far inland. We just get crushed by the rain and 40 mile an hour wind. We don't, don't actually know. get hit by a hurricane here. We're wait, we're too far inland. They don't make it that far. We'll see. We'll see. You haven't Raleigh might. Raleigh's Raleigh's close enough to a beach, but also that's either here or there. It was 77 and windy today. Um, beautiful day. Also rolling with the windows down. Um, opened all the windows in my place. Had my door, you know, door open on my balcony. Loving life. Um, we're doing well. I have that uh, upper respiratory that you had last week, Aaron. I think so. I'm having everybody's favorite cocktail, the emergency cocktail tonight. Oh, nice. Dude, sometimes I'll mix like a little Alani powder in there too. Get some caffeine in there with the vitamin C. Ooh. That's interesting. By the way, the Alani, sponsor us Alani. It's a good energy drink. Um, boys, we have a few storylines to get to uh, this evening. And we're going to start off with the Chris Chelios retire- jersey retirement from the Chicago Blackhawks because... Chris Chelios is a legend and 25 years in the league spent pretty much equal time with all three franchises he played for, but Chicago retiring your number is a huge deal, but the storyline does not stop there. All the fanfare, all of this with, with, with Chelly. And of course the other team he played for one of the other two, well, three technically, but he only played about seven games for the Atlanta Thrashers was the Detroit Red Wings and the Red Wings came to town and who plays for the Red Wings now? How about one Patrick Kane and Aaron? How did that go? Dude, I honestly, you couldn't have scripted it any better. I mean, Chicago, they're they're rolling a little bit. You get a nice little uh, power play goal there by Nick Foligno to give him a 2-1 lead. Deep in the third period, four minutes and some change left. Patrick Kane, beautiful pass to his old running mate from Chicago, Alex DeBrinkett. For the zone entry, gets on in there, skates to the net, takes his man with him. Seth Jones screens the hell out of Peter Mrazek. The Brinkett ties it up. Bang, overtime. And you know what's going to happen then. Next thing, the Brinkett springs Kane. Breakaway in overtime. Classic Patrick Kane, quick little dust off onion chopping stick handle and just rips it top shelf. Overtime winner back in his hometown, and I have never heard the Chicago Blackhawks fans cheer for a Detroit Red Wings goal. I mean, that rivalry's lost a little bit of yeah. steam since the Red Wings switched conferences, but, like, it's still very much alive. But It's an original It's an original six matchup. Yeah, you, you still... Well, and those were, like, some hated rivals back in the day when they were both in the Western Conference. And, I mean, you, you just have to give your respect to a legend that brought you three cups if you're a Chicago fan. And you're wanting to lose this game anyway because you want to win this tank race with the Sharks. I mean, they're neck and neck now. So, yeah, just what a game. What a finish. Too. I was going to say that too, Aaron, is you got to respect the intelligence of the fans. They're not booing because their team lost. They're applauding, one, because an absolute legend prob- probably will go down as the greatest American player to ever play in Patrick Kane. <laughs> we'll see, man. Austin Matthews, the, the, hey, the pace I, this I'm guy's saying- on. Let, let, let me rephrase. When Kane retires, he will probably go down. At that time, he probably still will be, I would say. ever play. I, mean, I right would say now, right now he is. Right now he is. I'm yeah, just saying Patrick that like Kane we got some runway for Matthews coming up. We sure do. Matthews is one too young and two hasn't done enough in, in playoffs yet to overtake. Definitely the most decorated American player. Yeah, for and, sure. Yes. 
But, you know, we need Austin Matthews to do it for Team USA as well, as Patrick Kane has done. But what I'm, you know, lose in overtime in the gold medal game. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, By the way, Alexi Lafreniere, I think. Or was it Panarin? Either way. Uh, As we're recording on Wednesday night, the Rangers are playing the Blue Jackets. And we'll get into a little bit of the story about the Rangers here shortly. But one as Panarin, of course, it had to be, right? Oh, nice. That's a nice little cash for me. There you go. Yeah, nice little one off the face off. Bam, how you doing? Um, But back to what we were saying about Patrick Kane. Yeah, Austin Matthews, you know, the goal-scoring prowess and all of that, absolutely. You're always going to have the people that argue, you know, Stanley Cup, you know, playoff success, all of that. But, yes, Patrick Kane will probably go down as the best player in American history when he retires. And it shows the intelligence in the Chicago fans that one, they can applaud, you know, greatness when they see it in the moment, but also because they know that winning isn't the important part in that game. Yeah, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this: even once Austin Matthews retires, he may like Austin Matthews <clears throat> at that time may be considered the best player in American history. But I'm gonna say this: at that time, Patrick Kane will still be the most decorated American player in history. Yeah, I the Leafs have to at least like make it past the second round. They made it past the first round finally. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't see them winning he, three cups with him, bro. <laughs> That's... No, I don't. I don't. I don't see the. I don't see the Leafs winning three cups. In the... I also, I also find it ironic that we're having this debate when we're talking about Chris Chelios, who was born in Chicago, Illinois, and is certainly one of the best American players to ever lace them up. So yeah, he's um, up there. Uh, what one more thing about Kane here though, dude? Did you guys see the ovation he got with that like welcome back video? This guy took three laps around the ice before he got this crowd to finally settle down so they could play. Like, yeah, it, it's like he he goes for a little zip around, waving to people, gets back to the bench. Nobody's in their seats; they're only getting louder. The brink gets like, go for another one, go for another one. He he goes back out again, still not done. Like they just would not let this game progress until they gave this guy his flowers. Yep, and I don't, you know, I I can't blame him either. I mean, they, he Taze, you know that you can go through all the countless guys that played on their teams from ten to fifteen when they were winning their cups, but you know those two anchored it more or less. And you can run through that and look at it how irrelevant Chicago was with the regional blackouts in their city, the ownership in the 90s. It's almost like they didn't want them to be there, you know? And granted, the Bulls were the hot ticket in town when Michael Jordan was winning six titles in a decade for the Chicago Bulls. But you look at the Blackhawks, they were arguably the biggest dynasty of the 2010s, you know? And the hockey fans in in Chicago and in the greater Chicago area, the state of Illinois, they didn't know if they'd ever get back to anything. They'd been irrelevant for so long it had been, what, 50 years since they won a cup? Yeah, dude, those, finally... those three drafts, Kane, Taves, and Duncan Keith, obviously not in that yeah. order, but, like, that completely rebuilt that franchise. And, I mean, they're setting themselves up to possibly do something similar here. I mean, obviously they got Bedard in the lottery last year. We can have our gripes about that. But, I mean, they're they're looking to have either the best or second best odds at Celebrini this year. This kid is just yeah. a man. So, I mean, they're, they're looking at rebuilding this core similarly gonna, to how they just did. Gary Bettman's not going to let Celebrini go to a small market. So, you know, we all know how that goes. They've made that abundantly clear. But 
let's get back to uh, the Chris Chelios part. The game was obviously incredible. The symbolism of Patrick Kane scoring the goal against his old team on Chris Chelios night, arguing about who's the greatest American player is not lost on any of us, but number seven Chelios will hang in the rafters at the United Center or whatever name it'll future have um, in Chicago for the remainder of time, NHL time at least. So big stick taps to Chris Chelios. A quarter of a century in the NHL is nothing to scoff at. Most guys are thrilled with a career a third that long. So, you know, big, big ups to Chelly. Great player. Um, getting his, you know, sweater hung um, in his hometown. Definitely a very cool moment. So let's hop over to another wild. We have a few wild stories, but I almost wrote an article about this for a different publication, by the way, Aaron. Oh, yeah. And I took and I, I chose not to, and I'm talking like back in December. And I chose not to because they were winning and the team was buzzing. And I, you know, I was like, you know what? Maybe they'll turn it around. Maybe just a slow start to the year. You know, everybody's having a tough time with the economy. Who knows what's going on? The Winnipeg Jets attendance issues are a problem. And it's no more, you know, part of the spotlight than Gary Bettman and Bill Bailey went to Winnipeg to meet with the Jets and their corporate sponsors to figure out what's going on, which if Bettman gets involved, you can't hide that issue. And the rumors right now that are flying around are about whether the Jets could relocate again. Gary has addressed these concerns by saying they aren't moving. You know, there's nothing to see here, blah, 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 Bettman talk. Nate, I'm going to ask you first. Because I'm, I'm the Winnipeg Stan on here? Well, one, yes. Although I think we can all appreciate a good Ehlers talk. Do you think Winnipeg is going to move? And then my other question to you is, are they more likely to move than Arizona? And then my follow-up to that is, if Winnipeg moves, where do you think they go? Boy, I really uh, – let me just put this. I really hope they don't move. I really don't. I like having this abundance of Canadian markets in the game. And I, I think I've come out and said I, I'm a proponent of an eighth Canadian market. Like, I don't know where you give that eighth team to, but I would be – I've come out as a I, – I've said that. I, I You know what, dude? They'll have the you, same problems Winnipeg does. You know what? I you know what? Give it to the newfies, man. The newfies deserve some love <laughs> out there. They'll, they'll burn it down in a drunken. Storm. They're they're not gonna have. Absolutely. They just don't have the population for it. There, Quebec City is the only one that makes any kind of sense. There, I, I mean, think, the Nor the Nordiques. Would be a problem there too. Well, okay, so let's let's get on this. Sorry, uh, Nate, I'll let you finish answering the question. Yeah, then me, I'll yeah, then I'll jump in here. Let me just continue. I, I I'm just continuing to say I I just really don't want them to move. I really don't. As to your question of who do who's more likely between Winnipeg and Arizona, I mean, here's the thing: Winnipeg or Arizona has shown some attendance, but again, let's recognize the fact that they're playing in a college arena of <laughs> what is not an NHL standard crowd. I think what's what's their max capacity there? Like twelve thousand. 
dude. If that, I don't think. I think it's like fifty eight hundred, man. Like it's not. I, I, I thought. Yeah, I, I was saying. I didn't think I was. I thought I was being really generous there. I, dude, my original dude, thought you, was something around nine thousand. Yeah, you're being 9, so 000. generous with twelve thousand. <laughs> Mold Arena. Mold Arena is like forty eight hundred. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So yeah, you can get forty. Yeah, the Blue Jackets can get forty eight hundred fans out in a dog shit year. Any Anaheim could get forty eight hundred fans out in a dog shit year. The Florida but, Panthers can get forty eight hundred people out in a dog ex- shit year. Exactly. Boys, boys. I, breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Chris Tanev to the Dallas Stars. Fuck there yes, it dude. Is. Thank there it God is. they needed another D so bad. Dude, I Second swear that point. waxing by Colorado last night absolutely yeah. forced Jim Nill's hand. I was I was thinking the same thing watching that last night. I'm like, who's the who's the blue liner getting shipped to Dallas in the next 72 hours? I got to be honest, I'm pick. surprised they went with him and not Hannafin, though, dude. Like, that uh, game was all speed. Too much. Yeah, you're right. He probably does. You're probably right. Let me read you the return. A second, or sorry. The Flames get a second, a third, a conditional third, and Artem Grushnikov for Chris Tanev. So that is the trade. A second, a conditional third, and Artem Grushnikov. I'm going to have to do some research on this Artem. Yeah, well, yes, but I wanted to do the breaking news, so I apologize for— Dude, no, I'm so glad you just cut in there. That's that's spectacular, Phil. Nicely done. Very nicely done. That is—that's huge. That's— I'm calling, I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. Because of that move, Noah Hannafin to New Jersey. It's it's going to happen. Mm, I don't know, dude. I I still think Tampa. I think Tampa has this guy written They've got over. too much they've got too much to play around with. I think LT, they've got no, too- no, the LTIR situation in Tampa, they've mastered it. I like that, Aaron. They've got like- sir Well, and Hannafin has been like rumored to want to sign in Tampa. I don't know if they can make the signing work with an extension, but like Sergachev's money, that's all Hannafin, all there, all day. They just gotta like figure out what assets they're gonna send because they sent they sent every goddamn pick they have to Nashville last year for uh, uh, Tanner Janot, yeah. But yeah, no, that's huge. That's honestly that's a way low. Oh no, Johnny Gaudreau injured on the ice too. This we got a he's lot okay. going on right uh, now. He's- He's on the bench. Don't worry. He's okay, cool. You're you're like a minute ahead of me here, bro. But no, that that Tanev move is huge for Dallas. They they needed a second pairing guy in the absolute worst way. And that yeah, that game last night, the first period, the most high flying, fast action I've seen. It looked amazing. And then Dallas just completely ran out of gas and got overwhelmed. So like having having some guy to provide you some depth there. And just some responsible defense when Haskin and Harley are not on the ice. That's absolutely massive. But Nate, I'm sorry. Continue on Winnipeg. All right. Yeah. The last the last piece of your question, Phil. It's if if Winnipeg does leave, if Winnipeg does get relocated, where are they going? Boy, Saint or Salt Lake City is making that hard push for a franchise. They want a franchise bad. I I I mean. But here's my and here's my problem. Hold on, though. Winnipeg, white people in the mountains, Salt Lake, white people in the mountains. I don't know, Jim. Is Winnipeg it's... in the mountains? Close. 
It's close to, okay. um, but yeah, Salt Lake, but Salt Lake City. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. That ownership group, they've been really making a push. They've showed the financial stability. They've shown the ability to provide the arena. Um, it really, I mean, I think Salt Lake City. I, I think Salt Lake City has the best chance of getting a franchise um, at this point in time. There's other American markets that I think deserve a franchise. And I can tell you this, and Phil and I disagree on this, I think, vehemently. Um, Houston doesn't deserve a hockey team. Houston does not deserve an NHL franchise. We just don't know because we've never tried it there. But what I will I, say, what I will say is hockey works well. I've said I, I said this, I actually said this on barely football last week. Hockey works really well in transplant towns. Hockey works well because not everybody comes from a, a city with the team, which is why it, it takes off in Seattle and Vegas the way it did. You know, uh, you see you see the fandom is there. They sell out. You know, it's the new hot thing in town because when you live in a transplant town, people will adopt teams if they don't have one when they move there because they want to feel a part of the community. Which, you know, it, it, I've said in Charlotte, you know, Charlotte FC is that team. Ryan Smith, you know, by the way, is the owner of the Jazz, who's making a pitch for a Salt Lake City team. Ryan Smith. I, I thought it was. I thought it was some like generic. I thought it was some generic. That, that's name like a made-up like, fake name. You're, you're like in trouble with the cops. What's your name, Ryan Smith? Only. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, Salt Lake City makes sense because it is very transplant. It's so, a, it's a transplant. It's a transplant town. It's a winter town. It's a winter town. Like you're there. If you're there, you're there for winter sports. And so that's why basketball works there. That's why hockey would work where that's why the Olympics go there. Like it, it makes sense to be there. Um, gosh, I, if you had to ask me where else, I, it's interesting. I, I don't know if I could really give you one. I mean, does Wis does Wisconsin deserve a hockey? They can't. They, they can't have one because of the Blackhawks. Yeah, the Blackhawks have. They actually tried to get one up there, I believe, a while. But it, I think Milwaukee Wait, was uh, making a bid for one, and the the Blackhawks ownership like got Gary Bettman to shut it down. They didn't want to compete for the market. Then um, I could say I'd say Kansas City would be another one too. Kansas City's the one I like. They I used to have the Devils. The Devils used to be there. Yeah, yeah, Cincinnati's been thrown around. I don't. Cincinnati's a basketball town, and it's a baseball town, and it's a football town, and it's not transplant at all. So no, Kansas City is not transplant. However, Kansas City does not have a winter sport. They could use a bridge between the Chiefs, who are obviously the best thing since sliced bread right now when it comes to professional football, and then the Royals, who are god awful. They could use something else that is new in town is fresh and i agree with you nate i think salt lake city is better but kansas city could absolutely support an nhl team plus you, it, it would give them another rivalry with st louis yeah and you know i i think i don't know i i think this is another one that i don't know how it would work down there i don't think it would actually i don't think it would work at all but it's a market that the nhl's never i don't think even stepped foot in I think I know what you're going to say. On the count, we'll do three, two, one, and then say, you ready? Three, two, one. New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can see that maybe. 
I mean, would, but here's the I thing: would. you've got the you you've got the Pelicans down there, so you are competing with a winter sport, bro. There's nothing the, in the spring. King Cake though. Baby is not taking any viewership away from anybody. The Pelicans, let's be Pelicans have been Pelicans have been shit. Pelicans have been shit. Could but... you imagine an NHL dude? Every player on the team would have to give a sussy every year for cocaine use. All of them. Dude, can you imagine how haunted that fucking arena would be too? That barn would be. Oh my god, dude. If we're the blue jackets, they'd have to be the gray jackets. Yeah. No, dude. Uh, the New Orleans voodoo. They would just be That's... Confederate soldiers. The New Orleans voodoo. I like that. I like that. All right. I, I, I have some thoughts on the Jets here, boys. Let's hear it. First of all, um, I don't think the Jets are relocating any time within the next few years. I, that's where I'm. That's where my. That's where my firm stance is. Yeah, like, that's where. That's where I. I stand. I stand. They are not moving. Like Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Uh, if you're listening, anybody in Winnipeg at all, I will come up there and visit you. I'll renew my passport. I'll come up and visit y'all. I'll come attend some fucking games with you. Let's go. Yeah. I'll buy drinks. I'll buy drinks. I'll put myself broke. Let's go to the let's go to the game. So so a couple things here that ownership needs to address. First of all, when they had the bid to bring the Jets back to Winnipeg, that the Thrashers moved up there. There were a lot of season ticket holder commitments that had to be established, especially from like corporate sponsors for multiple years. Instead of staggering those commitments, they had them a lot of them expire all around the same time. Uh, Elliot Friedman addressed this on NHL Network Radio earlier this morning. So it's like you have all these commitments that were in there to like bring the team back, and they all expire around the same time, and they had a lot of season ticket holders not renew for that reason this season. So obviously the economy's down a little bit. You got some businesses not wanting to shell out those expenses. You got some people not wanting to shell out those expenses. They, they didn't have them staggered to where they could like renew them kind of on a rolling rate. So it all kind of hit them around the same time. Second thing here, the policies for the season ticket holders there. If you want to transfer tickets, there's a fee. If you like, I think the upgrades had some extra fees added to them too. Like the, it was just not user-friendly whatsoever to get like, season tickets and have it be manageable for people because like let's be honest if you're a season ticket holder 90 percent of the time you're not going to every single game if they're going to charge you just to transfer your tickets give them to a buddy for a game because you're going to be out of town that's a problem so it, they've got to get it just a little bit more user friendly for these guys i've also heard that the in-game experience is not the best all that combined with the economic stuff going on right now i think that's why you're seeing this dip this year the Jets are fucking good boys. It the revenue they're gonna bring in if they go on a long playoff run is gonna help out a ton here. And the owner is local and committed to keeping the team there. So I don't think anything's gonna happen in that regard. I I don't think Gary Bettman was bullshitting when he said there's nothing to see here. Like to be completely honest. Usually he's bullshitting. He's not bullshitting this time, in my opinion. I I think it's he basically went up there. It, we also got to remember he and Bill Daly visit every market, every franchise once a year. This is around the time he was scheduled to visit them anyway. And everyone's making a big deal out of it because of the stuff going on with like the season ticket holders being down. But I, I think it's just, it's the perfect storm for rumors. And I don't think anything's going to happen. That being said, 
I, I'm on Phil's side with the Houston train. If they were to happen to relocate, I think that's the place to go. That's a massive market that's just waiting to be tapped, but I don't think we're going to get to that point. Winnipeg people, go out, buy some tickets, go to the game, support the team. I still think it's more likely Arizona ends up in Houston. So The, the, the only other thing I'll say on this matter, Rick Bonus, if you do not start playing Nikolai Ehlers on the top line, or more than like 13 minutes a night, the team might relocate it because of fan protest. Maybe that's why the season ticket holders are down because your dumbass coach won't play one of your absolute best players a reasonable amount of time. So let's just take that there with a grain of salt, Ricky. How, how about you give Nick Ehlers a little bit of a chance here? Kyle Connor shows absolutely zero effort on defense, but he's good at scoring goals, so you keep him up there. You give him all the minutes, you know, maybe with his mistakes. Give the same maybe, courtesy to maybe. Nick. Maybe Saskatchewan needs to look at a franchise. Well, if they can't really support one in Winnipeg, I don't know how they're going to get one in Regina. Say that three times fast for the listeners at home. Um, but... Hey, what about Sask? What about Saskatoon? In Saskatchewan? No. Yeah, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Yeah, just put one in the Yukon while we're at it. Um, Winnipeg in a precarious position, but a, a deep playoff run, I think, absolutely will be good for them. Um, hopefully we can see some economic upturn, both with the businesses and, uh, you know, for the citizens of good old Canada. And, uh, you know, we see Winnipeg and that barn be full come the beginning of 2024, 2025 with consistency. So fuck Trudeau. <laughs> oh, Jesus Nate, Nate just coming in hot. Um, on that note, if you have any problems with anything we've said so far on the podcast, then I make sure you go check us out on Twitter at Beerly Hockey. Uh, we have individual handles there. You can find those online as well. Um, while you're there, make sure you hop on over to our Instagram, Beerly Sports. Check out the Beerly Sports store. We also have a football, basketball, and baseball podcast. So feel free to check out the wide array of Beerly Sports-related content. Grab some merch. Help us improve our game. Let us know what you think about all of our content. And make sure you leave us a great review and a five-star on the listening platform of your choice. So, gentlemen, we've talked about the business end, and we've talked about the celebration of Chris Chelios. We have not talked about a man who's not even old enough to amount for all of the years Chris Chelios played in the NHL. He is taking the hockey world by storm. He debuted at an outdoor game. We briefly talked about that. But he has had one hell of a week and a half to the beginning of his NHL career, and that is one Matt Rempe. Gentlemen, I would like for Mr. Kinney to reel off just exactly what the first 10 days of Matt Rempe's NHL career have been like because I'm going to be honest, I can't think of anybody. We've had great, great beginnings to the career. Austin Matthews, four goals, first game. Stuff like that. I can't think of a wilder, I'll put it that way, first week, week and a half of your NHL career. Let's just call it hard knocks. We can call it a lot of things. Aaron, please. Matt Rempe. We we touched on him a little bit last week when we were hitting the stadium series. Oh, let's, that hold was... on. Let's, 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 let's put out his nicknames that have already come out. Um, thanks to Paul Biznasty, you've got the Rempire State Building. What a nickname. That's it. That's the nickname right there, bro. And then, but you, then you've also got Return of the Rempire. 
I like the Rimpire State Building, bro. He's a towering motherfucker. This he guy, really is. My God, man. So he starts off the NHL, not even in game time yet, with the coolest rookie lap I've ever seen in my life. Just wheeling around outside. Might be the coolest rookie lap in NHL history. I've got it. It absolutely is. Like, sunset in MetLife Stadium, just wheeling around in front of all those fans in the outdoors, soaking it all in. Fights Matt Martin right off the hop. Next game, ejected for just a ridiculous hit on Nathan Bashan. The guy's 10 feet shorter than Rempy, skating with his head down. Regardless, Rempy gets ejected for it. You're screwed. You're screwed. you're screwed either way. Because, like, if you're Rempy, you know, you're either making the hit, taking the guy off the puck, and getting ejected, or you're letting him go by and your coach is benching you for allowing him a free entry into the zone. Next thing, we go into the game against the Flyers. Nick Delorier just towering over him as he's stretching, minding his business at fucking center ice, saying, I want a fucking piece of you, kid. Matt Rempe says, okay. Holds his own in a fight against Delorier, then scores the game-winning goal with his ass in front of the net. Fucking Doug Glatt style. Doug Glatt! Thank you. Yep. Okay, nice, nice little game against Philly there. Goes into the game against Columbus, fights Matthew Olivier, gets his clock absolutely clean, but still hangs in there. Shows up to morning skate the next day, looking like fucking Lurch from the Goonies. If you've seen the, everyone's seen the picture of this guy's face circulating around after the week that he's had. In five games in the NHL, this man has 20 total minutes of ice time, 32 penalty minutes. 12 hits, one goal, one assist, a plus two rating, and one mangled face. Like, he has just absolutely run the gauntlet of gauntlets for a fourth liner with limited minutes. And he is, like, the guy's a phenomenon. I, I am so hyped to see everything he's going through. What a legend. I I think, if anything, I mean, you know, coming into, I think coming into the league, being six foot eight, you like he reasonably knew that he was gonna be a customer that a lot of people wanted to check out, and he like he and he embraces it too. Like, he's he's embraced it. He, he invited oh, that Olivier fight, and he made his bones fighting in the AHL too. So like he's he's like this is my role. I'm fucking going for it. I can't believe he has a goal and an assist in five games in twenty minutes of ice time though. Like he's and he's plus two. Like he's not even a liability out there. I gotta think. I gotta think. There's a little bit of a, a a little bit of a Zdeno Chara effect here. Like he's the big guy on ice, so every guy that's considered a little bit of a grinder, a little bit of a bruiser, wants to get a piece of him. Once he gets, I think once he gets through everybody, I think things will calm down a little bit for him. He'll be able to actually play some hockey, but he'll still have that role of being the guy that you that you assume is going to step in you uh you know the most exciting part about all this so the enforcer sorry i couldn't think of the name the enforcer so the rangers are playing the jackets right now two nothing how about it you know everybody expected that the rangers next play the toronto maple leafs and he is going to probably be on the ice with the rating heavyweight champion of the nhl ryan ryan revo and i am 
so pumped for that matchup. I like you know it's gonna happen. It's got that to. game. That game is uh what Friday? Saturday? I believe so. Uh, it, it's Saturday at seven. Saturday at seven. Saturday night's all right for fighting, boys. Let's fucking go. That's gonna be an absolute gong show. Yeah, can't cannot wait. Cannot wait. Um, boys, boys, Matt Rempe, by the way. I heard from a uh, former client of mine. He texted me um, Tuesday. He's a lifelong Rangers fan from the area. Said, I can't believe your boys ended our 10-game you know, ten game heater. And I'm like, that's how it works in the NHL, man. You run into one of the bottom five teams. They had nothing to play for. Ruining your 10-game heater is the best thing they have going for them right now. Yeah. You know, if people forget, they're all professionals. That's, so, the, that's the Jack and yeah. Stanley Cup, bro. And exactly. hockey is such a random game too. It's it's so so hard to like reliably predict anything during the regular season because you get three or four weird bounces in a game. You get a couple questionable calls. Next thing you know, you're the team that had absolutely zero chances just running away with it, and you're shell shocked. So like, it's yeah. And that's the best thing about this league, man. It's pure chaos all the time. Anybody can win on any given night. You never know what's going to happen. Exactly. But he, he texted me on Tuesday and said that he has friends in the area and his buddy was checking out MSG. He has them as a client. He works in the beverage industry. And he was in front of the employee door because he thought one of the employees would let him in. And who was walking in behind him to get treated but Matt Rempe? <laughs> Was this oh, with the mangled face, like post Olivia? Yes, and he goes. I and he apparently my old client. His buddy said, "Do you mind if I send a quick FaceTime to my buddy in Charlotte, who is a lifelong Rangers fan? He's gonna die." And he just he FaceTimes him with Rempy in the background, and he's just loving every second of him. Gives him a big thumbs up, the smile, the eyes, all of it. Dude, he's, he's such like, a rock star. Thanks, man. Oh yeah, absolute rock star. Rock star. Yeah, just absolutely rock star shit. So, shout out to Matt Rempe, man. Just fun, one of the funniest, funniest beginnings to a career. Not funny, haha. Funny, just rock star. Just rock star unbelievable, shit, unbelievable beginning to his career. So, um, oh boys, rock stars. Hey boys, real quick before before we move on. Um, just seeing this, so Frank Cervalli put out there, um, sources are saying that the Canucks have made significant progress with Elias Pettersson working on what is believed to be an eight-year contract extension. Hell yeah. That, dude, that it's was not getting done. a little shaky. Yeah, not done. But uh, big development, and uh, Pierre, or Frank Cervalli is saying a new deal could be finalized in the coming days. Yeah, that's that's great news for Canucks fans because it it was there were some rumors flying about that too because no progress had been made. Pedersen wanted to wait out the season. It doesn't help that the Canucks have been in a little bit of a slump here lately too. So like that's that's big for them that they're making some moves towards that. Yeah, very, very big. Um, definitely had to be a little worrisome for Canucks fans. Probably uh, lost a little bit of sleep. Not sleepless nights, but, you know, maybe wasn't able to fall asleep as quick or maybe woke up in the middle of the night. Hey, I get it. You're, you know, cold sweats. But looks like it's 
Elias Pettersson likely to stay for the next eight years up in Vancouver. Hell yeah. Excellent. From from the superstar of the Canucks, the superstars of the entire league, let's do a little Hart Trophy rundown here, boys. And I'm looking at the uh, implied probabilities here and the odds. So according to FanDuel, Austin Matthews is plus 185 right now, and he has an implied probability of 35.1%. Nathan McKinnon is plus 225 with the implied probability of 30.8%. Nikita Kucherov is plus 275 with the implied probability of 26.7%. And coming in fourth is Connor McDavid at plus 400, 20% implied probability. So to me, looking at these odds where we have three guys within, you know, plus 100, you know, plus 90 of each other, this thing is wide open. I think it's going to come down to who ends the season on the biggest heater. Matthews will lead the league in goals. Can anybody keep it within a puncher's, you know, puncher's chance in terms of the goals? And can they just rally him in points? Because Matthews isn't a points guy. He's a goals guy. He get, obviously puts up point numbers, but McKinnon can put up 50 talks and get 130 points. Connor McDavid's capable of God knows what. Matthews, and this is not me discrediting him, I think he'll probably win it, but it would not surprise me if, and I I, I just don't think Kucherov's going to get the, the love this year. His numbers are ridiculous. Yeah, I think his only competition his only competition is McKinnon, really. Like that's the yeah, that's the yeah. closest Connor, competition. Those two Connor those makes, two are those two are scoring at just a an elite fucking rate. It would take Connor McDavid a month of March where he put up goal and a half goal to goal and a half a game, tack on another apple and a half a game, three points a night. Listen, boys. I. Am absolutely floored that Nikita Kucherov is not the favorite in this race. I it makes me happy because I have my nice old Nathan McKinnon future riding right now. But Nikita Kucherov has forty more points than the second guy on his team. This is a trophy for the most valuable player to your team. Nikita, Nikita Kucherov is putting his team on his back, dragging them into this wild card spot right now. 38 goals, 65 assists, 103 points. Nathan McKinnon has, what, like seven, eight points less than him? Not close to him in goals. Matthews, yeah, he has the goals, and he has the big market in Toronto. He's already got a heart trophy. So does Kucherov. But, I mean, if we're talking about most valuable to your team, I don't see how it's not Kucherov. Matthews doesn't even lead his team in points. Yes, it's hard to score goals. But, like... There's never, ever been a Hart Trophy winner who has not led his team in points. Uh, 70 goals, that's the pace Matthews is on right now. If he hits it, I think he's got a decent shot. It might be a 50-50 toss-up. If Kucherov continues at this pace, I don't see how he doesn't win it. Just with He is everything that's working for the Lightning right now. And nobody's talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning, which seems odd to say out loud. It's because of their slow start to the year. But they're right in the thick of, you know, right in the thick of the playoff on. Like, they they have a playoff spot locked down right now. They're, yeah, yeah it, I don't I don't understand why Kucherov is not the far and away favorite just with everything he's done. It 
the only possible explanation is the fact that he dogged the fucking passing challenge at the All-Star game. Like, is there that big of a vendetta from the sports books for it? I don't think so. I think it's ridiculous that we have three guys that are this close to each other. But I agree with you that Kucherov, if you're giving it to the most valuable player to his team, it is Kucherov. I think they're going to give it to Matthews anyways. It's good. Yeah, there's going to be a little politics at play. Man, I I will be incredibly disappointed if that's the case. Although, who knows? Maybe Kucherov, he falls off a little bit. I, I'm just saying, I, I'm still pulling for McKinnon. The performance he had against Dallas last night was spectacular too. But it, I just I don't see how you can bet against Kucherov right now just with everything he's done. And with the lack of help he's gotten. I mean, you've got Sergachev out on D. Vassy was out to start the year. Like that, that team is being held together with duct tape and Nikita Kucherov right now. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna hear me. You're not, there's no argument from myself or Nate. He's up there shaking his head like, no way. No, nope. no argument. No argument whatsoever. It's like when they give the Heisman to the best player on the best team instead of the most deserving player. You're not gonna hear me argue about that. But, um boys we have the trade deadline coming up here in nine days and we speculated a lot last week on a good number of trades and a good number of destinations player names we had fun with that and next week will probably be a little more fun because we've only had one trade kind of a smaller one emil bemstrom uh from the columbus blue jackets to pittsburgh until until earlier when you announced a, a big correct. you know big blockbuster correct and yeah the details on that are coming out and by the time you hear this you'll know them but and then, obviously, the reverse, Alex Nylander um, back to Columbus. That's a very minor trade. Um, what I was going to bring up is there's a name I've seen floated around a lot. Different podcasts, 32 Thoughts, Spit and Chicklets, amongst others. Should Nashville consider doing something with UC Saros? I think it's time. I think it's time to let him be with a contender. I am so, so torn on this, boys. It's, it's all about Barry Trott's philosophy. It's about what he wants to do. So does he want to reward his team for absolutely ripping off, like possibly the hottest team in the NHL right now, six straight wins since that embarrassment against Dallas and they canceled the fucking YouTube trip in the sphere. They've All they've done is go out on the road against really tough opponents and absolutely embarrassed them. UC Saros is playing out his lights off right now and are are you going to reward your team for playing well and for your goalie for playing well by shipping him off on the other hand you have Eskarov who is absolutely ready for some NHL action I mean it, I forget how long Milwaukee's winning streak is at this point but he has just been absolutely ridiculous in the AHL he's done everything he can do down there do you want to give him a shot too or do you want to have the old Saros Rene situation? Because let's not forget, Pecorine, spectacular goalie, Vesna winner, blah, blah, blah. Go, go down the list. Number retired. Awesome, awesome legend of Nashville Predators. Like, probably the most notable Nashville Predator in that franchise's history. UC Saros, awesome prospect, came up, cooked behind him, backed up for a couple years. Didn't get as much playing time as he probably should have, but developed and then took the reins when Rene left. 
is that the right you want to go with Askarov? Or do you want to get some assets back for Saros while he's got a little bit of term left and let your AHL guy come up and cook? It's it's all about what Trotz wants to do here. But the way the Predators are playing right now, ever since that 9-2 loss to the Stars, I would have a really, really hard time trading your franchise goalie, the guy that you signed to be your franchise goalie. So that's just my opinion on that. I, If I'm Trotz, I'm keeping Saros. I'm seeing what we can do, get some playoff revenue rolling in here, get some excitement, get some experience for these young guys. Nashville has a few other guys that might be enticing to other teams, though, because if you're trading Saros, you got to just go scorch earth and trade any tradable asset. There's been interest on Tommy Novak. There's, uh, there's a couple other guys there that you might be able to get something out of if you're looking at pure futures. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you a name a name that's that's churning around the rumor mill over the last few days thanks to uh old Ryan Whitney um Brady Kachuk could possibly interesting be a block absolute blockbuster of a trade. Can you imagine how good he'd be if he'd get out of that cursed city of Ottawa? Like now, sorry and, to and, anyone in Ottawa. But and 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 just a thought, and just a thought. Think about this. Think about this. A team that's out there, that's just. I mean, they're on the cusp. They don't know what they want to do, but they seems like it seems like a team that wouldn't want to go on a rebuild. So makes maybe trade away some futures. Where's where does Dad play? I don't know. Do Same they word. need to rebuild though? The St. Louis Blues, really? They're going to trade futures for one guy when their entire team is, like, knocking on the nursing home door? I mean, I know. I understand, but you've got guys down in the system. you got your young guys like Jake Neighbors that's not having a bad season. Um, but then, yeah, you've got your, your, Bra- your Brandon Sods, your Kevin Hayes. Your Braden Shens. Your Colton Pareko, who's signed until like 2,400. Like, that guy is under contract and old forever. Man. That, uh, I mean, I wouldn't As be surprised a, to see it happen based on some of the moves Doug Armstrong has made. I, I mean, that's, say that. I mean, that's the thing is, like, if, if they are going to just entertain, entertain, there's, I mean, your suitors are going to be few and far between. But the St. Louis Blues are a team that could do it. Wait, few and far between for Brady Kachuk? If that guy hits the market, man, everybody's wanting in on him. But you got five. Okay, but here's the thing: you got five years uh, until he's a UFA Everyone. at at eight point two five at eight point two a year. Yeah, for a that's, young that's star a he- player, that's a heavy contract to assume, though. Not for what he brings, though. I understand, but you're you're gonna have to give up a lot. You're going to give up a lot? Well, look at Matthew Kachuk fucking sign and trade to Florida. He's making 10-something, and look how good he's been. This is his little brother who who is projected to be a better player. I'm not downplaying Brady Kachuk at all. All I'm saying is there's there's not as many teams as you think that I think could could actually do this trade. Oh, I think so, dude. I... Okay, Tampa. Tampa's not going out and making this trade. Colorado's not going out and making this trade. I can see Any Colorado your... doing it. Colorado does not have the cap space to entertain this trade. Not right now, but they can unload. Unless they're giving up, they're they can unload up, roster they're... players. 
That's what I'm saying. You're having to go, you're having to unload roster players. Yeah. You so look what Florida gave up for Matthew. A uh, a young D who is getting who's fixing to get paid and a high quality forward coming off a career season who is fixing to get paid. Like two quality assets. But I'm saying but I'm saying any any true contender right now, like if you're giving, I don't that think you're up, a true contender. I think you're you're a team maybe on the cusp, kind of like Florida was. You're a team that's maybe on the come up, uh, maybe New Jersey again, dude. like a St. Louis who's just who's, the, again treading. I, I look at them right as, there between. I don't know, dude. I look at St. Louis as like they've passed the hill and they're going down the roller coaster hard, man. I just I, New Jersey. New Jersey, that's a tough. I think I think New Jersey's a tough one. Where are you going to fit him in on that in that system? You're you are shipping Timo Meyer's ass straight to Ottawa. The money's almost the same. Yeah, and Timo hasn't been a good fit for that team. I I True. I see what you're saying True. with the St. Louis connection with his dad. I do really like that. I just don't think like with the timeline of the team, I don't think it makes sense. Because then like then he's starting over a rebuild all over again because all their talents aging out. I mean, yeah, True. you got a couple young good players coming up from recent drafts, but like not enough for a full team. At least in my opinion, uh, St. Louis people can come rip on me. Cause I mean, they are like right around the playoff spot right now, but I just don't think their future is looking very good. Reasonable. Maybe they send Bennington up there for him. I mean, Ottawa's been just playing goalie roulette here in recent years, and they're, every goalie that goes there, man, he turns into a pumpkin. I don't understand what's in the water up there, but they, like, Corpusalo, they play, they pay big money for him. They paid draft capital and a big money for Matt Murray. They signed Cam Talbot as a UFA. Everyone who goes there sucks and then goes somewhere else and is good. I don't understand it. So, boys, the, the, some of the specifics of the Tanev trade are coming out. So, Dallas is receiving Chris Tanev and 70, 75% of his contract. Okay. Um, and then Cole Brady as well. Calgary is receiving, is receiving Artem Grishnikov, a 2024 second-round pick, and a conditional 2026 third-round pick. And the New Jersey Devils are receiving a 2026 fourth-round pick. So I'm guessing New Jersey was in there to help retain a little bit of salary. Interesting. It's a lot of move, a lot of moving parts for Chris Tanev there. That's weird that New Jersey's paying, playing banker. Do you? Do we think? Are they J.P. Morgan chasing it? Do no. This is my question. Is this a little uh, I scratch your back, you scratch mine precursor to a future move for a combination for Noah that New Jersey Noah desperately needs? Not only Noah Hannafin, but a deal that already almost happened, Jacob Markstrom. New Jersey, they allow a million quality chances off the rush, breakaway chances, odd man rushes. Jacob Markstrom, according to goalie guru Kevin Woodley, is the highest ranking goaltender in the league this season against odd man rushes and quality chances against that is what they need and they need d help please make it happen i want to see both of those guys in new jersey system boy that would be a that would be the blockbuster trade of the year i'm, I'm calling it now like that would be 
That would be the blockbuster if New Jersey lands Markstrom and Hannafin. So what needs to happen though? Now they need to find another broker, or they need to find so because like the the hold up there, Calgary did not want to retain any salary for some reason. They just don't like retaining salary on players. I don't understand it because they're not competing. But who knows? Who cares? That is this like you know who you, you know who I'll tell you what you know who helped out the devils and has a lot of a lot of salary cap where they could play banker san jose but also columbus okay with that with that damon severson sign and trade yeah dude there i really just hope this move this tanev move busts open the trade market i want to see some stuff start happening that's that's what I'm looking forward to. This is yeah. I think I think I think being a week out. I think this is I think this is the move that gets people like okay. I gotta start finding. Yeah. I gotta start talking because that's one big name off the board now. Domino, fallen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and remember last season too. Like trade deadline day was kind of a dud because so many big trades happened in the week leading up to it. So. I mean, yep. we could see the same thing this year. People start making moves; they, they want to get in while the getting's good. While there's a When's lot of deadline, options on the, the market. Sixth, this, the, the eighth, the sixth a, is a the week deadline. From Friday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the okay Friday. Okay. So I'm. I'd say yeah. I mean, starting maybe tomorrow. I think tomorrow could start the chain reaction, and we start it. seeing some moves happen. Do we wake up in the morning to a late night surprise? Ooh, a little Christmas. Ooh. Trade deadline Christmas. Santa's come. Um, since we're kind of over in the Dallas Stars area once again here, just kind of scraping it with this Tanev trade, I would like to give a little bit of a shout out here, boys. The Stank Oven is cooking. This kid, Stank Oven, gets called up three games, two goals and an assist. I mean, he he scored the only goal in that game against Colorado. Short King up in here, flying around, driving the net, 5'8", scoring touch, high-quality prospect. He is making an impact on this Dallas team that just got a little bit deeper. One of the deepest forward units in the league just added some more talent and skill and youth to their ranks. Have you guys watched this kid play at all? He is nasty. Yeah, dude, the Kamloops Kamloops British Columbia native? Yeah, just just a monster. Kamloops Blazers forever. Dude, this kid put up. 2021-22, 2021-22, put up 104 points in his 59 games in uh, in, in Kamloops. And then last season, he put up, uh, looks like, 97. And then this year so far, he has 57 and 47 with the Texas Stars, 24 Genos, 33 Apples. So, um, yeah, dude, he's been putting up points everywhere he's been. I'm not uber surprised that this kid just, you know, pops into the Dallas lineup and produces. Yeah. Like, that that team is already so, so hard to match up against. This is just another wave of talent coming at you every single night. I'm, I'm they're so just so – they're so strong offensively, man. I mean, they are, they, are the ju- they are the offensive juggernaut of this league. There is no argument whatsoever. Like, they can pump you four lines deep. Yeah, and it's not like they're scoring they're the, the most goals. They're not scoring the most goals in the league, but, like, when you get to the playoffs – when these bottom six matchups matter, I mean, it it doesn't matter who you throw out there. They're going to be overmatched by anyone on Dallas' side of the ice. Like, it's 
they can score on you with any line that they have, no matter how who you have out on the ice. Just stay out of the box and don't allow odd man rushes, and we might be okay. But now you got Chris Tanev, and yep. again, that's huge. That fixes such a big hole in your defense. And I, I also yep. have to say a little bit of a uh, public apology here to Ryan Suter. We've been really, really hard on this guy for dragging down Miro Haskinen, as he has, but I will say it is not his fault that Peter DeBoer has played him, even allowed him if he wanted to, to play this many minutes when he is not capable of doing it at a high level anymore. This season, he's taken a little bit more of a backseat. Thomas Harley's eaten those top-line minutes on the defense. And Ryan Suter is a perfectly serviceable bot- bottom pairing or in a pinch second pairing defenseman. And I think that's where we're going to see him. And I think he's going to do well in the playoffs in that role where he should be. And he finally is because this Chris Tanev move bumps him down. Just from eating a up, just eating up, just eating up about he, like eating up about 12 minutes a night, like 12, 12 to 15 minutes yeah. a night. That's exactly where you need Ryan Suter to be. Yep. That's, and that's like that's going to help provide him with a little bit of longevity too. If he plays well in that role, he can play that role for a while now. He's just getting up there in age, like he's slowing down some. But if you manage his minutes, he can still provide you some value. Yep, hundred percent. Absolutely, boys. Do we have do we have anything else we need to go over this evening? Um, just a little shocked at right now St. Louis up two zero on Edmonton in Edmonton. Little little shocked by that one, dude. I it's early. It is early. A lot of hockey to play, but that's uh you know within the first ten within ten minutes of the game up two zero. I was so tempted well, to bet the Blues in this game, dude. Like Cole Sellinger, I, by the Cole Sellinger just made it two one. Hey, Jackets Rangers coming down to the wire then. But I took the I took the I took the late under three and a half in that one. So um, yeah, worried. Yeah, that's well, there, yeah. that Edmonton team, Shesterkin, man. Shesterkin just caught way out. That was that was heinous from Igor. That uh, happens every once and again. This Edmonton team, though, I'm not surprised St. Louis is up on them. I'm not. Like, St. Louis, I just ripped them for being old and slow. But, like, they know how to play responsible hockey, and Edmonton still doesn't know how to do that. Edmonton just kills you with speed and offense all night long, and they can, like— they can get caught in bad spots by good veteran teams. I'm not sold on the Oilers at all still. Like, they need to make a lot of moves before I'm sold on the Oilers. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just I, I just think – I just – I know they love their top two lines there, and they've got a goalie that seems somewhat competent. They, I just don't know about it. I, I'm I'm – They need I, bottom I think six Edmonton, Edmonton is a team that is one injury away, one injury and one player leaving away from being middle of the road. Yeah. I mean, look at look at Vegas. Vegas is missing two of their absolute top players, the best two forwards on in their lineup, Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. They just went in and roasted Toronto. They can do that because they have depth and they're a complete team. Edmonton... If they lose one of those top guys, it's fucking over, done, over. lights out. You you either lose McDavid or Drysital. It's it's game. Yeah. All right, boys. My voice my voice is starting to 
evade me, so I... Yeah, let's get out yeah, of this. I've uh, got a humbly request that we wrap this up. Aaron, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, any the, final thoughts? The, the stank oven was mine. That's... That, 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 yeah, that was, I, got that was no, I got nothing. Perfect, boys. Well, Does I don't any tro- so. check out. That'll wrap up this episode of the Beerly Hockey Podcast for Aaron Kenny and Nate McBride. I'm Phil Razor saying... Barely hockey pairs well with Bruce. Hello, broadcast boys. <laughs>